What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is, what is it, Tuesday, uh, August 7th, 2018, and you guys are listening to episode 366. I believe it's 366, uh, and I am sitting here uh, with somebody that I've been working with a lot lately, uh, not only on the road with Burr, uh, a few times, but at comedy clubs uh, all over New York City. Actually, we were in Nashville together, always in New York City together. Uh, the one, the only, Dean Del Rey. Dean, thanks for being on the show. You got it, my friend. It's nice to be here, <laughs> Mr. Verzi, on the Verzi Effect. <laughs> you know what I mean? I really am looking forward to doing your show. <laughs> Been a big fan for years. I've listened to 360 360- Five episodes. I missed the last one. I missed the last one. I, I hate to say it. I, I don't know who you had on. I think it was someone from the Golden State Warriors, but how are you? <laughs> remember when radio guys sounded like that? Like, yeah. I remember as a kid, they really were like, it was almost like, yeah, this is the driving with the, and they always talked like that. And when dude. you meet those guys in person, their voice was like trained for that. that like, you'd, you know, you meet somebody like that was an announcer forever, and they'd be like, how are you doing? Try the meatballs. The meatballs are great here down at Scarleone's. You're like, what is that voice you're doing, dude? I always felt like radio guys like tried to do that. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like strip club DJs. For some reason, they always say, all right, are you ready for the next guy? That's just, you just reminded me of Josh Adam Myers doing that. <laughs> yeah, that's how are you ready for the next guy? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... There's like voices that were none of them. It's funny because in comedy, you constantly, when you love a comic, the word is, oh, he knows his voice and stuff, you know? And it's right. funny to think about people that have a character voice or, um, you know, in that field of radio. It was weird. Like, I don't know, for some reason, I think that people thought you had to sound professional like a broadcaster right. in order to get the job. And, and, and I don't know if people would be like, you know, I turned on KNBR and the guy didn't have that broadcaster voice, so I don't like him. Yeah, yeah like nobody's going to turn something off. I think Howard Stern really wiped that away. You know what I mean? I was, you know, it's funny you said that. I was just going to say Howard Stern was a guy that talked normal. You know what? I saw him today. Really weird. I was at Sirius XM doing the Bennington show. And, and shout out to Ron Bennington. He's so great. We were talking about it before. Um, and I'm just sitting there waiting. And I look to the right. And I see Al Roker walk by. And Al Roker just has a big smile. And he's waving at somebody. And all of a sudden, I see this tall guy with the long, wavy hair, short hair. And I'm going, holy shit, that's Howard Stern. And I watch these guys have like this embrace. And then, you know, when you go into Sirius, you see all these people. But that was really cool. But that made me think of... Howard Stern was not a guy like, hey, this is Howard. He was just, he just talked. Absolutely. And I, and I think that that's what, what, you know, what people loved. I think um, that's what, uh, like, real New Yorkers back in the day would connect with the guy. Because they were like, this guy's one of us. He talks like us if we were out at a, you know, bar or whatever, you know, instead of that fucking, all right, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been at Sirius XM a thousand times, never seen him once. No, I've been there a bunch of times, never seen him either. And like I said, my first thing was Al Roker, and I see him just smiling, laughing. And then sure enough, I guess it was with Stern, and they talk. So yeah, he just he's, because he's got like his own wing. Right, I always thought he came through like a secret tunnel. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like a No bad way cave. was he using that peasant elevator <laughs> we're on. You know what I mean? I, for, I thought it was like a, one of those air tubes, like when you used to put your money uh, yeah. at the bank and it would shoot it underground remember those drive-thrus <laughs> yeah, yeah. remember you put your money in the thing it would just go, it go yeah yeah i thought that's how he got into serious yeah, like, XM. like the bat cave yeah, yeah. <laughs> um before i got a lot of stuff uh dean is a uh hilarious comic uh from uh, he's all coast he's all coast yeah he's, yeah he's, he's west he's east he's this he's that so we're gonna talk about that he's we have a couple things in common he's uh you know uh burr open for burr and um so we're gonna talk to him a lot of stuff he's a really interesting story so it's gonna be a great guest on tve uh 366 but first i want to get into the uh sponsors real quick guys cappernetwork.com if you like sports you like predicting sports, guess what? It lets you put your money where your mouth is. Uh, when everybody says things like, hey, dude, I had the Warriors last night. Now there's a leaderboard. It's very simple. It's completely free to join. You go to cappernetwork.com. You look at the odds. You choose and you risk units that they give you. 
and you get on a leaderboard and you could earn money because you could do so good that people come and buy your advice. Or if you're new to betting and you don't know much about handicapping, you can see who's on the leaderboard when you and your family go to Vegas and, and put money on who the leaders are and see, you know, and have them make you money. Uh, or you do it yourself. You could also uh, get a fantasy team of uh, handicappers, the best ones on the leaderboard, and, and profit off of that. It's an amazing, amazing site, and I cannot wait for the NFL season to start because right now it's just baseball when the NFL starts actually I did a I'm not gonna lie my last couple of predictions with the Yankees were really bad against the Red Sox I'm not gonna get into that but um <laughs> yeah it was brutal but uh no this is an amazing site for all the shit talking that you know you you've seen me and Burr and Bartnick and everybody talk shit about sports and say I called that I had this well you know what now you actually can do it and guess what it's completely free to join they're always adding stuff to it more sports are going to be added because obviously they're not in season right now. Check out cappernetwork.com uh, and make your predictions and uh, prove it, okay? Uh, and, and you're going to make money. And your advice, here's the best part, dude. You can kill it so much and get, let's say you get up on top of the leaderboard and you're just killing it. You know, it'll be like, oh, Dean picked the 49ers to win. Then the next week he picked the Warriors to win, all of his teams. Now somebody's going to go on there and go, who the fuck is this Dean Del Rey guy who's crushing it? And they're going to pay Dean money for his pick. So that's what you could do, okay? Uh, pick it, prove it, profit, everybody. There you go, cappernetwork.com. And uh, All Things Comedy, we're both with All Things Comedy. You got podcasts on there, you got shows, they're doing festivals, uh, they produced my special. Uh, follow All Things Comedy and support all of their comedians. Uh, you can check them out at allthingscomedy.com, see all the content that they have and the content that they're adding, and you could follow them on Twitter at All Things Comedy. Dean is a fellow All Things Comedy um, comedian. Now, Dean, a lot of comedians, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Yep. A lot of comedians, not all, but I say a lot of comedians wanted to be a musician. Right. Wanted to be, you know, or like wannabe. Like I, I actually talked to comedians today. They're like, man, I wish I was in music. I want to be a rocker. I want to be a musician. You were opposite. You were. You were a you were a musician. You were a rock guy. You were around. I mean, you have Dean has an amazing podcast on this network, All Things Common Network, called Let There Be Talk. I mean, and you did I read that right? You had fucking Def Leppard on? Yeah, yeah, Phil Collin from Def Leppard. I've had huge, huge stars on. Uh, I mean, you don't know because all things comedy don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but dude, I see nah, some of the people you have on there. And yeah, I had Henry Rollins on this last week. Uh, wow. Four hours. Um, so, you, so let me ask you something. When did you start your music career? Like well, how I played music for 25 years. So, uh, you know, I don't know when I was like 14 or 15, I started playing music, you know, wow. a junior high band with some guys and then a high school band. And then from then on, uh, all of a sudden, 25 years went by. And what, what, uh, instrument did you play? What was your I played thing? guitar and sang, but for the first, I'd say, uh, for the first, uh, 19 years, I just sang. And then I realized um, it was kind of like if you were a comic and you didn't write your own material. I wrote the lyrics and melodies, but I didn't know how to. I could play an instrument, but not good enough to play on stage. Gotcha. So I was like, if I ever want to be able to be on my own, I better learn to play an instrument because um, I always needed to have somebody else around. So if I wanted to do a gig every night like I do comedy and the other person didn't want to, I was I was screwed. You uh, know? Right. So I took a year off and I, I remember I was like, I'm going to learn guitar. And I bought this uh, this uh, this is when VCRs were still happening. <laughs> and it was called Learn Guitar on the VCR. I swear to God. So you got a tape. I bought a tape. <laughs> and I put that thing in, and I just started learning guitar. And in a year, I had wrote a full record and, um, and recorded a record and became a complete solo artist uh, in one year. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I practiced like 10 hours a day. I took it on like I took comedy. I just practiced like 10 hours a day. And while I was learning guitar, 
I was writing tunes that became my record, which is amazing to think about. You know, it's wow. like, oh my god, this is uh, these songs were just coming out of me. You know, and um, and then from then on, I became a solo artist. Uh, before that, I was always in bands. You know, you were in bands a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, what's funny is uh, Burr told me he said he goes, we did this comedy show with uh dean and a bunch of you know musicians and he said and he goes and dean came out and dean told the crowd he goes all right guys here's what's gonna happen we're gonna do a comedy show and then we're gonna do a full-fledged rock concert and bird just started laughing he goes and that's what fucking happened <laughs> he goes dude it was a full-fledged set it was a rock and roll set yeah he said um burr said it was the greatest night of his life yeah he loved it and burr has played madison square garden okay yeah, so yeah. for him to say that and he he thanked me and said hey man i want to thank you for uh you know, that was the greatest night of my life. And I said, now you know what it's like when I open for you. Yeah. It's exactly the same feeling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's when, no difference. No. When I opened for him at the garden, it was that feeling and Carnegie, there's certain rooms that you just can't believe, you know, and he's one guy that loves music and rock and roll and stuff. Speaking of that, I talked about this on the, on the podcast last week, so I don't want to get too much into their set, but I want to tell you, um, I was at the pumpkins dude. Oh Yeah. And I got to tell you, the coolest thing that I saw, and my, my little brother, who's a musician, he, he could do it all. Like he, he drums, sings, play guitar a little bit, but mainly drums, singer and stuff. But he, he dabbles in everything since he was four years old. So the backdrop is just all of their, you know, that like there's like stars and it's moving. And then there's pictures of all of the, all of the pictures on like, you know, the Siamese dream, like oh, all, yeah, the, yeah. all those stuff they're running the, through the history, they're running through the history and it's this amazing art, but it's dark. And then all of a sudden the, um, so the opener was, uh, this, uh, band called, um, uh, mystic. No, no. Uh, what is it? Metric. Oh, yeah, Metric. Metric. Yeah. And they were good. They sounded yeah, they're they, great. The Metric sounded really, really good. The, the, her voice was, everything was, it was really good. Like, we were walking through when they first started, and you could hear it, and, I'm, and we're going like, that's not the radio? Like, that's not, yeah. the, that's not the house playing something. That was them. They were really good. They were like, bro, oh, so cool. Such an honor to be opening for the Pumpkins. And then they, they started at 7. Pumpkins started at 8.15, the guy told us. And he goes, dude, they're going to go from 8.15 yeah. to 11.30. Yeah, yeah. So all of a sudden... The, the lights, like people know it's starting to happen and the lights go down and the black backdrop opens a crack, like a tiny crack, like it, almost like a door opening. Yeah. And you see light coming through and, and, it, and then it just gets a little more, a little more and then you see like the sh Billy Corgan's shadow. Yeah. And he just kind of walks out and he's got these big platform boots and he just walks out and takes two steps and stops and the place goes nuts and he's holding his guitar then he takes two more steps, and he's like, he's almost like walking out like a like a killer in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Like 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 Mike Myers would yeah. when he's about to kill. Yeah. So he just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just kind of just walks out and he's looking and he's looking, dude. And finally, he gets like three feet before the mic stand. Yeah. And he, you just hear, da -da -doom, and he goes into disarm. Yeah. And he sings disarm, dude. And I'm not gonna lie, my little brother said he almost had tears in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like that's how it was really. You know, as somebody who, like I told you, I love every genre of music, pretty much except country. I'm not a big, yeah. I'm not a big country. There's definitely some country artists I don't want. I'm not trying to shit on the oh, form. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it was just something that's not in my iPod or, or in my phone. Right. Uh, but, dude, uh, it was such a good concert that we're talking about going again. I don't even go to a concert if I'm going to miss the open. To me, the opening of the show is more important than the entire show. Because to me, it goes back to being a kid uh, pre-MTV, pre-YouTube, pre-phones in the hand. You didn't know what these fucking guys were going to wear. You didn't know really what they looked like except for magazines. And you would just be, I would be in the front row. And I was only like four foot one, you yeah. know, back then. Yeah. Up on the rail, ribs crushed on it. And then the fucking lights would go down fireworks going off you know and crowd going crazy yeah. and then there they were and look i get goosebumps because to me every yeah. time it's you like did get goosebumps yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like there they are whoa you know and they come <laughs> out and they hit the first song like hell's bells acdc oh. and they're like oh my 
God, it's such an overload that you're like, <laughs> your mind can't even take it in at 13 years old. You're like, fuck, that's them. Yeah. And it's on a thousand. You know, you don't yeah. even know. I mean, the concerts were so fucking loud. That's a really then. good point because now you could see on Instagram people totally. post and stuff. You know what they're going to open with. Oh, you know, yeah, like, like that's the thing. Like I, I didn't realize, but like the Pumpkins whole set of this tour, you know what it is. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and but um, I don't look at the set list now, uh, you know, like on setlist.com or anything. I don't even go there because I, I want to be surprised and I don't want to be let down like, oh, they're not doing such and such, you know? Yeah. Um, so I got to tell you, this opened my mind to wanting to go. I was never, a, I was more a sports guy. Yeah. But now I'm like, you know something like taking, like if my son likes a musician, I'm going to take him to it because, because, and they sound, here's it. Oh, dude, they did a couple of covers. They did, yeah, um, they did Zeppelin, they, Stairway they to did, Heaven, they, right? They did Stairway. They did, uh, Bowie's, uh, yeah. Major Tom. Yeah, Ground, Ground Control, Control, Major Tom. They, they, oh. they, they did that and they also did, uh, Fleetwood Mac, Landslide. Well, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and he just, and, but he sounded good. Like, Somebody said that they saw somebody we were with go, dude. We saw them in '96. Yeah. Said we almost left. It was terrible. You couldn't understand. He just screamed. Yeah. He was just screaming, and like yeah. literally, you couldn't understand. This was another thing. This one's fill up the bank accounts again. Uh, let the word spread on the street that oh, they're good and they're going for it. You know what I mean? The, so now let me ask you, what does it mean when a band does this? Like a band like a, the Pumpkins that came up in the early '90s, like Nirvana, and they did all that stuff. Now, are, does this mean that they're trying to revamp a new album, or does this mean that this is a cash grab, or is it just like what is it? What are they trying to do since they're older? Well, Billy Corgan kind of dragged the Smashing Pumpkins name into the dirt for a while by just having a bunch of scrubs. Uh, I'm not, I don't know who they are. I'm not ripping on them or whatever. But yeah. to me, whenever it's not the people in the band, it's always like, ah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and he drove that around the country for a while to pocket all the money or whatever. And eventually, what happens is people are like, all right, I've had enough. And then he has to figure out how to you know excite the fans again and of course that's sure. original members and there was still that tainted part about darcy not doing the shows you know the bass player um and there's been back and forth of that there's always fucking something man to me you know what yeah. i mean it's always something it's funny when you look at aerosmith it's the original dudes and they're all alive it's so incredible to me that these yeah. junkies are all alive <laughs> and, and survived it and they're out there playing and, and they kill. They kill. They're one of the only bands, I believe, that's all original members, <laughs> um, if I think about it. You that's, know? In, that's incredible. You know who I'd like to see? Uh, you know, I didn't like them. I didn't love them at first. But now, I, now when I hear them on like Lithium, on Sirius, the Peppers. Oh, yeah, you know. Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, I used to not like them, and then all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, they actually do have a lot of hits, though. Oh, pfft, dude, the peppers, like hit the peppers have a million hits. Have you ever seen them or no? I've seen them many, many times at the peak, you know what I mean? Before the big record of, um, you know, uh, what was that record called? Fucking... I forget what the, I know the logo. The logo's in my head. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. Think of, was Breaking it, no. the Girl and Under the Bridge and all that. that yeah. That fucking record. Uh, I saw them before that and uh, after. But, you know, the Peppers, to me, are another one of those bands now that um, I don't really need to see them anymore because I saw them at the peak. All original members still? Well, no. They've gone through many guitar players. One had passed away. Another uh, one's in and out. Um, you know what I mean? So how many it, is it? Was there three or four of them? Four piece, yeah. Oh, okay. Great band, great band, but um it's one of those bands that I would see now and be like constantly comparing it to the old girlfriend. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like, oh, you know, Yankees seventy two, you know what I mean? Reggie era or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know you're, how it you're is. comparing it to their, their you're comparing it to their heyday, which is hard to they, they it peak. is. Yeah. Now if you've never seen them, go see them. Yeah. Tons of great fucking songs. You're yeah. going to have a great time. But for me, it's not for me because I saw them probably five times in the peak. You know what I mean? One I want to definitely go to. And the reason why I ended up going to see the Pumpkins is because we wanted to get tickets to Foo Fighters. And we, we oh, yeah. could You saw them? Uh, uh, many times. Yeah, yeah. My buddy's the keyboard player in the band, Rami Jaffe. Oh. So I sat on the stage and watched Foo Fighters from like 10 feet away. I feel that energy. Was that you know? nuts? Yeah, great band, great band. Um, 
And I really love that um, that show that he did, Sonic Highways. I think it's one of the coolest shows on HBO about three years ago. Yeah. Where they went to different cities. And I, I, I pitched it to the production company, and I really wanted to do this, and it just didn't happen. But he went to different cities where scenes were, D.C., San Francisco, uh, L.A., and they dug into the scene and the history of the, the rock scene, and then at the end, they'd play a song, and I thought it would be cool if I did that with Grohl, uh, and we went to the scenes of comedy, Boston, Houston, L.A., you know, New York, and San Francisco and dug into these comedy scenes. I really wanted to do that while riding my motorcycle from city to city, you know? And Dude, that's uh, fucking awesome. I thought it would be great. Like we go to Houston and get into the outlaws of comedy of Hicks and Kennison. We go to Boston and we go, we go for, uh, you know, Burr, uh, you know, Louie, all those guys out of there, you know? And then we go to New York and we get into the Chris Rocks and that kind of stuff. Wow. So let me ask you, this is a perfect transition to my next question to you. With, with all the music stuff that you were doing, it sounds like you were a huge fan of stand-up. Oh, always. So, so when in, during your music thing, you'd go, oh, I'm going to go to this city and watch this guy. Yeah. And then when did you say, fuck it, I'm doing this? Uh, eight and a half years ago. It was, um, what was that? December 6, 2009. So were you at that time in a band? Nope. I was long out. I was a good three years out. I, was, I had... I had played music 25 years, and illegal downloading had take, wiped out my career pretty much. Wow. Um, you know, people, people think that mentality of, uh, and I've told this story many, many times, so I don't want people to go, I've heard this before, but I do think it is pretty vital. People think, oh, I'll just steal these songs. These rock stars are rich. It didn't affect the big rock stars. It affected the blue collar guys that played for years and years that were out selling CDs and making a pretty good living. That's who it wiped out. And this is when I knew it was over. You know, after shows, I go, hey, you want to buy a CD? And they go, oh, no, our friend burned it for us. We love it, man. Thanks. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, you don't even know that you stole it. You just yeah, you're not even realizing. You're not what even you realize what yeah. you just told me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. They were looking at it like, no, dude, we got it anyway. And it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that fucks oh, we, me. Yeah, we love it, man. Our friend burned it for us. We burned it for another buddy. We turned everybody on to it. We're here tonight. They, yeah, think, they well, think you're doing. They think you're doing you a favor. Really? Do. Doing you a, oh wow! Really wow! I wanted to do comedy from probably around twelve years old. Um, I'm 52, which I, I love to say. People try to hide their age. It's like, I'm 52. So if, That's you, awesome. if you sit around and think, oh, I should have did something, no, just do it. You know what I mean? Figure out a way and do it. Because at 44, I started comedy. And uh, amazing. I always wanted to do it. Um, when I was a kid, I worshipped Saturday Night Live the first season. I was That's how old I am. I watched the first few seasons. I loved John Belushi. Yeah. I loved Bill Murray. Garrett Caddy Morris, Shack. right? Garrett Morris. I did a movie with Garrett Morris, and that's how I started comedy, which is so fucking creepy to think the wow. full circle. When I'm a kid, I'm watching Garrett Morris, you know? I'm Ant-Man. I can lift a thousand times my weight, you know? Uh, uh, <laughs> baseball's been very, very good to me. Uh, yeah. Garrett Morris, I got cast in a movie with Ice Cube, and it was called The Long Shots, and we shot for two months in Shreveport, Louisiana. And... I was in the bleachers doing these bleacher scenes throughout the movie, you know, where they would go to comedy relief of like... Like a, of a fan. Yeah, it looks yeah. like he got it in the nuts, those dumb kind of jokes, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, those, those, those are always in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You, you make a face in this one, Dean. Oh, you know, yeah. all the big goofy faces. Yeah, yeah. The uh-ohs. They're going to suck this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going all the way. Yeah, yeah. Big, big fat guy stuff, which yeah. I was fat at the time. You know, get fatter. Yeah, they don't say oh. that, but they're like, hey, get fatter. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> right? Get fatter, which means like if we had Farley here, you wouldn't be here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, rest his soul. Yeah, yeah, fuck yeah. I love him, man. But uh. it, it was always like, hey, throw some Farley kind of thing and they're like what dude fat guy you know yeah yeah 
But, um, you know, um, there I was doing a movie, and it was Garrett Morris, uh, Earthquake, and Michael Collier. Those yeah. are the dudes in the stands. Wow. So I was like, you know, I always wanted to do comedy. And uh, those, guys, awesome. those guys are like, dude, you're too old, man. You can't, you know. But after a couple months of ad-libbing on the script and stuff, I think that, you know, Earthquake was kind of like, man, I think you could do it, you know? Uh, you know, at first I was like, you're crazy. But, you know, here's what you got to do when you get home. Start hitting some open mics. Yeah. And, and do it. And uh, I Googled open mics and I never stopped. Yeah. I did like 298 gigs the first year. Yeah. And then I did 575. Well, you know, that, that's what I want. That's what I want. You know, this is a beautiful podcast right now. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you said something on here that I have people from all over. I have people listening right now, Croatia, you know, fucking New Zealand. Uh, I have a ton of soldiers, all these different people, amazing people that listen to the show. And you said something really poignant just now. What you said was, don't worry about your age. If there's something you want to fucking do, just do it. You could be a lifelong soldier. Yeah. You could have a career in the military and be out in your 50s and be like, you know what? The, 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 the military never let me go and tell jokes. It's something I always want to do and go and do it. But I'll tell you guys, Dean and knowing Dean and me and Dean have probably gotten a lot closer over the past half a year, six months. We knew each other passing through. How you doing? But now work together. Dean, you work like this guy works like a fucking yeah. animal. Like this guy, like if I'm home with my kids on a Sunday, I'm like, dude, I'm not doing shit. Like, you know, uh, and Dean is out there slugging it out. Here he's it is. out there doing, what's this? Okay, here it is. So here's the first year. I keep it on this card, so okay. I always know. 298. Second year, 532 wow. spots. Third year, 558. Fourth year, 509. Fifth, 471. Sixth, 448. Seventh, 414. Eighth, 455. So now I'm on wow. the ninth. So that was a total of 30. Two thirty, so yeah. I'm almost at four. So you, 000. so that, and and my guess would be that that number is two and a half times more than anybody else, because you know, yeah, it's it's tough, and and I don't know, and here's the other thing, it's really tough in L.A., especially at forty four. Not so, so you're forty four in L.A. doing it. Uh, New York, you can get up, you know, a lot more, right? Because there's stuff all the time. So you put it into gear, like, look, dude, I gotta, I, I didn't have the luxury of doing this before or younger. I gotta just fucking go. Yeah. But I see you like, you know, doing the spots, and that's what it takes, dude. And it's like, it, I'm in New York right now to get yeah. better. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we, like, we've been doing spots at the stand together for a while now, and it's like, yeah. I could easily sit in LA and be comfortable and be like, this is it. I made it, you know, I'm, I'm a regular at the comedy store and I go on and yeah, right on. And years would just fucking go by. But I was like, there's yeah. got to be more to uh, stand up, you know, I've got to. Uh, and I didn't want to just be known as an LA comic. I wanted to be known as a comic. I didn't want to yeah. be a New York comic, an LA comic. I wanted to be known as a comic. And I wanted to understand the animal of the East Coast comedy as much as the LA. Because there's always that thing of like, yeah, but this and that. You know what I mean? So, all right, let's figure that out. Let's go there. And uh, and now I'm a regular at the Comedy Cellar, which yeah. is fucking mind-boggling. Yeah, we got in right at the same yeah, time, same pretty time. much. I was April. You were what, May or June? I was March. You were March? March 24th, yeah. Oh, so oh my God. So this, like, literally the same week. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. we were in Nashville. Yeah. Oh, you just didn't start I at didn't the time start, because you yeah. went back. Yeah. Right, because we were in Nashville, and I'm going, dude, I, I think you know I'm going to get the cellar or something. You were like, uh, yeah, me too. And then, uh, yeah, my first show was April 2nd. That's when I got bumped for right. rock. I told that story. Right, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you, I think you left for a while. Right. And then when you came back, that's when you started to get spots. The night I got passed, I flew out at five in the morning. So I just stayed up all night and walked around New York, just kind of like in a... In Taking a, it in? Oh, man. It was, uh, it was right up there with the night at the comedy store because it was just, you know, I was at the table... And uh, I wasn't even sure if I was auditioning or what. I was just eating dinner with Keith Robinson, and Esty was there. And she said, Dean, when, do you have any spots tonight? And I said, yeah, I got one at 10.30 at Gotham. And then she said, okay, well, I guess I'll put you on in like, 20 minutes in and i was like oh what oh, oh you had no idea you were going up uh, no I, I was just no <laughs> and i was like oh 
uh, okay. And I just cruised over to the side of the restaurant, start looking at my notes like, oh shit, man. Yeah. And I went down and I had a fucking smoker set, man. But I was ready because I had, I had been in New York for about 30 days straight doing, I probably did, you know, 55 spots. So I yeah. was, uh, you know, Every time I'm here, last month I was here, I was here, I did 43 spots in 30 days. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was all firing on all cylinders. And and then I came up and she goes, that was fantastic. Okay, email me and um, your avails on uh, this day every week. And I was like, uh, so I'm, I'm working? And she's like, yeah. And I was like, wow. And immediately my mind was like, all right, I got to get back to New York asap before she forgets <laughs> yeah 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 I didn't yeah want, i didn't want to be like i don't know where you went so yeah because you got to keep that rolling hell and yeah yeah so yeah. i immediately went home and i started the uh process of figuring out how to be bi-coastal non-stop you know yeah that's got to be it that's that's a grind but you figure out a way to do it you have a spot here you have a spot there yep. you know uh yep. now um like my best friend and mentor is obviously you're on the road with him now. Yeah. And how did you meet uh, Bill Burr? Man, this is a great story. Nobody really ever asked me that, but in, about my first year into comedy, um, Jay Davis, who puts on a lot of shows in LA, he was the one who was on Tourgasm right. with exactly. Dane, Bobby, and Gary Goldman. Exactly. Okay. So. Uh, Jay puts on a lot of shows in LA and I give Jay Davis a massive, massive um, amount of credit for my career early on because he was um, getting me spots. Putting you up, yeah. Putting me up, man. He had all these shows around town and I was getting stage time and uh, he was putting me on after fucking killers. He'd be like, you're going on after, uh, you know, Daniel Tosh. Like right after he was throwing, and you were and you were new. I was brand new. So you're getting thrown to the wolves. Oh yeah, and he was doing it on purpose, you know, which was kind of fucking funny because he was kind of doing the, uh, he was kind of doing like a, a training. Well, no, ground. that that helped you. It helped me big time, big yeah. time. So uh, he had got this headliner gig for this NASCAR weekend in Arizona. We were doing a NASCAR event, and he goes, hey. Can you do 20? I'm all, oh, yeah. I just lied to him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, no problem. In your mind, you're like, I could do eight. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I hadn't, I hadn't done more than 10 yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah. So we were the first night in the hotel. We were in the hotel, and we, you know, I'm obsessed with comedy. I am right now still to this day, and I'm, you know, eight and a half years in. It is not old to me at all. I worship it. It's the best. When people see me and they think, oh, this guy's always in a good mood or whatever. Yeah, because I'm not swinging a fucking hammer. I'm in, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? I'm in these clubs. So we were in the hotel room. We were splitting a hotel. And uh, he said, who's your favorites? And I go, oh, man, you know, fuck, I love this guy and that guy. And it's, I go, how about you? And he goes, oh, man, I love Bill Burr. I go, who's that? You know, I'm only a year in. I go, I don't, I don't know Bill Burr. And he whipped up the laptop and he showed me the Philly. The, the Philly rant, yeah. Philly rant. And this is just I don't know what year that is, but it was pretty fresh. Yeah. And I, w I was obsessed with it. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was pretty much because I met Bill in 05, but we didn't start working together again until 07. So I think the Philly rant was like around like 06, 06 07. Right, yeah, because yeah. yeah, I started in 09. Uh, the last month of 09. So, yeah, so it was only like a year and a half old. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I hadn't heard of it at all. Sure. And, and, and Bill... Um, you know, he would come around to the store and stuff, but I would be there Monday, Sunday and Mondays for potluck. That's the open mic thing there. And then I would be there every night of the year. I never missed a night at the store, but late after I'd be doing open mics, I would end at the store around midnight and study guys, watch them go on. Oh, the blue stars, the light here. Oh, this is how they intro guys. It's, it's tag team learning everything learning the store's process yeah right right yeah. so uh, i'd be in the back of the room every night and i never saw burr so anyway uh he shows me the video i'm obsessed with it i'm like wow i love this guy he's a fucking outlaw because i at the time i was way into uh marin 
and I loved Attell, and I loved like uh, you liked kind of like the rebelly guys. I love the guys Hicks, you yeah. know. I love guys like that were that were really edgy. I wasn't into any other comedy but edgy. Stanhope, you know, I didn't know who Stanhope was till later, but uh, he's a, he's amazing, right? But what, those kind of guys, sure, you know? sure. And what was great was I didn't know all these guys at the beginning because then it gives you these bumps of like inspiration. Sure. If I knew them all at the beginning, like if I knew it, it's like rock and roll with me. You know, you go, oh, I love Kiss. And then the neighbor goes, Kiss is dumb, dude. You got to get into the Eagles and Zeppelin. You're like, you don't know what you're talking about. And, and then, then you, you do. Hear, you go, like, oh my God, God this yeah. is next level. That's how comedy was with me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so. About a week after the he shows me that, I'm in the store in the in the hallway and Burr comes walking in. And I'm like, oh hey, hey, Bill. And he's like, hey, how are you? I go, Oh, I'm Dean, man. I just saw that Philly rant. That was amazing. He's like, Oh God, it wasn't amazing when I was there. Oh yeah, you know? I know, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I thought my career was over, you yeah. know, and he's telling this great story and and we kind of uh Oh, that's fucking Versi's phone. Oh, oh, oh shit, this here. And we um, we start talking, and we start talking rock and roll. We're not even talking comedy, right? Which like, he liked better, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm not even talking comedy with him. He's like, yeah, yeah, Boston. Oh, I go, oh fuck yeah, man. You know, Aerosmith and G and R, and he's like, oh yeah, and and we start hanging, man. I'm like. We go to concerts together, and we become fucking tight rock and roll friends, yeah. you know? And, um, and it was, I think it was really cool that I met him before he exploded, too, because it was more of like we got a lot of quality time to hang out. And that, I, that's a great point. Yeah. And, 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 and I don't mean to cut you off, but that, well, as soon as you said that, it made me realize, like, Bill and I opened for Bill in 05, Thanksgiving weekend. And it was like his first like weekend at a club yeah. where like Opie and Anthony put him on. So I, what people understand is like when people talk to me and they're just like, "Oh my god, dude, you know your 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 best friend is 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 like I I don't like even though I know how great Bill is, yeah, it's almost like when your brother, you know, yeah, or yeah. like or like, you know the way like people that like are in your family or I don't know if this is with you, but like with me, it's like people in my family like they'll never find me as funny or yeah. be, uh, that than other people because it's. It's me. Yeah, yeah. You know, my yeah. mom will be like, "Oh, that was great," or my brother and sister will be like, "Oh, it's so cool what you're doing." But like Bill, as great as Bill is, and I know how great he is, he I've been with him since he was just a, like coming up. Right. Same as you. Like yeah. you were there, you knew him, but like you guys were going to concerts before he exploded. Oh yeah. So to, yeah, and I think that, and I also think that that's what makes a good friendship. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And like just hopping on with somebody that's you know yeah. made. Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't want anything from him, but. But friendship, because this exactly. is what a, a very, very big point I want to make to anybody that might look on the outside and go, oh, well, you had these famous friends and then it was easy for you. They weren't famous when I was hanging out with them. Yeah. The reason I was hanging out with them, and this is the number one reason, was we were the same age and everybody else at the comedy store was in their 20s. And wow. late, you know, early 30s. Wow. And I didn't really, you know, that's like a hip hop at world and uh, and party world. Like people like to go party still or. or it's just know, a generational difference. Yeah, yeah, difference. Yeah. yeah. So when you latch when you latch on to guys you can relate to, like a Marin and a Burr, all of a sudden you're like, oh, fuck yeah, man. And and and. I sometimes even feel I'm a little needy around them because I'm like, oh, there they are. I just need to hang and talk some shit. You know what I mean? Like, these are some guys I can talk to about such and such. Yeah. You know, so. You guys to, came up in the same decades. Yeah, like, yeah, you guys that, had the, that, 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 it's the camaraderie of like, you could say something from the 80s that they'll remember. Right. As opposed to the, yeah, you see a 26 right. year old up there. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and. And I also always think it's really funny, uh, and that's one of the reasons I nonstop keep how many dates I do and everything, because it's really easy for somebody to sit on the outside and go, well, you got somewhere because of these guys, and they'll discard all the work. Of course. You know what I mean? You go, okay, so you're saying these 4,000 spots these hours and hours sure. of work, these sleeping on floors at 50 years old, yeah. these shit apartments, this fucking, you know, no job, wondering what the fuck's going to happen, all that <laughs> shit. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? The no money. You're you're and just going to discard all of that. That's just some hater bullshit. And, yeah, yeah. and, and you know, I I'm all right with it. But I'm no, just but, but, you know, I was talking to Bennington today yeah. on the radio and, and I said something and he goes, uh, he said a couple things. He's like, well, he's like a couple things. He's like, you, and it was, must have been hard for you. You know, you're coming up with Bill. You're both East Coast guys. You both yell about sports. You both, you know, get into stuff. You know, you don't want to sound like your mentor. You know, that happens in comedy. And then I said, well, I said, I said, you know, another thing. I said, here's another thing. I go, people come out to see me because Bill said it. And it makes it harder. Yeah. Like I was at the stand oh, the yeah. last month there and I was closing out the midnight show and there were tables specifically there for me. And I knew it before and then, I, and then afterwards. And this guy comes up to me afterwards and he goes, hey man, he goes, dude, you're really funny. He goes, I, I, you know, Bill Burr put me on to you and I, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And he's like, and when a guy like that, you better be funny. And I feel that sometimes. Oh yeah. But you know, the thing about Bill is if anybody wants to hate like that, it's like Bill saw me crush yeah and came to me yeah yeah and bill said dude you were the other guy on the show dude you ripped and then we became friends and bill said he's like dude bill goes you think i'm gonna put you on fucking carnegie hall yeah if i don't you think i'm gonna let you open on my show at carnegie yeah. hall if i don't think the job is gonna get done and he said that and 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 i'll tell you something when me and bill first started working together he wouldn't give me the credit like he would go hey nice job this weekend good yeah. job and yeah, i knew yeah. what that meant that meant you did it yeah you got through it you got laughs but i knew he didn't think i was really good at the time right fast forward two years after that hey dude those bits are coming along fast forward three years after that dude you're becoming a fuck you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. so th this was a whole this is a whole thing coming up but people don't see that yeah they yeah. hear a guy bill burr say someone's name oh he's putting him on but you know bennington said something chris rock was put on by by murphy yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Chris yeah. Rock was put on by Murphy. Yeah. You know, I heard Rock help D.L. Hughley. You know, all of these people see so oh man, I'm putting him on. He's funny. So comedy is that, but you yeah. also have to earn that spot. They're not gonna you know yeah. uh, the thing is the guys see the work ethic and then they go, Well, this guy's busting his ass. He needs a little help here because uh especially me, they're like the industry is just like this guy's old. Uh, and they're like, yeah, it doesn't matter how old he is. The guy's funny here. He you know what I mean? And they're going to, yeah. they're going to help you a little bit, but once you're there, you have to do the job yeah. or you're fucking long gone. You know well, what I'm and, saying? And Bill sees guys that are like, man, it's going to be hard for this guy. Yeah. It's going to be hard for this guy. Cause industry's not looking for this guy. Right. You know, I can't, I was coming up in the big time alternative scene Yeah. and I'm a family guy, yeah. you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, whiskey and a cigar and sports dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and even though I was a younger dad, I was a fucking dad, and I was talking about real-life things, and you know what Montreal wanted? Yeah. And what Comedy Central wanted, what all these people wanted is they wanted the, the big beard, long beard, superhero-loving guys that yeah. kind of self-deprecated and were a little awkward. Yeah. And that's what they were looking for, and then it was a casting call. And you know what? I wasn't it. Yeah. You know? I wasn't it, dude. Yeah. So uh, how far along? Where are we, anyways? We're uh, 42 in, dude. Oh, dude, this is great. This is a great one. Yeah, yeah. I could feel it. Like I can feel this is this is uh, this is one that's like because it's real talk and it's it's it is it is like uh, and I'm sure you felt <clears throat> nobody's ever flat out said, hey man you got that because of Burr. I'll tell you something when I got Montreal. By the way, congratulations to you. I know you got yep. it this year. Yep. Um, when I got Montreal, the Booker saw me there and he goes, man, he goes, we were expecting a call from Burr one time about you and I yeah. go, nah, I go, yeah. he wouldn't do that. Yeah, and he goes, he goes, no, that's really cool. And he goes, dude, you fuck, you are like, you know, I had to have an undeniable audition, but like, that's the thing. Bill's not gonna anybody that you see, you know, it would be like, I'm sure you, I'm sure a rock musician, right? Yeah. I'm sure, you know, Billy Corgan loved some guy that played the drums, but it wasn't gonna be like, hey, dude, yeah, if we the ever band. need some, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, you have to, you have to like prove, yeah, you know, uh, and that's it. But I kind of like the pressure when somebody wants this because it just goes to show, you know, like. Mike Yard said this at the at the cellar. I got bumped for Chris Rock. You're gonna get bumped for people there. Yeah, yeah. That, that's what All it the is. Time. Yeah. That's what it is. There. I don't care. It's, no. When people complain about that, yeah. I said, do you understand what the bumping does for guys like us? It it, it gets onto Instagram, and I say this all the time yeah. about the comedy store, which I love. Chappelle come in and you go, Oh, well, I'm not going on tonight, but I'm gonna watch a master for free. I'm gonna I'm taking a master class right now in comedy from a master and they're going to take his picture it's going to be on instagram and for the next five weeks when i am here it's going to be sold out 
because people are like, man, we got to go to the comedy store. It's like a fucking crushing digital flyer. 100%. You know what I mean? And it's like, why would I complain about that at all? The only time I would ever complain is if I was on the same level as the person. You know what I mean? Right. And then some reason you're like, wait, this guy needs to go before me. He said he needs to go before me because he has to be somewhere. But then he hung out for an hour. That's a fucking bullshit. But when it's a star, who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I uh, No, 100%. And when somebody's like, oh, I don't like that spot. Here, here's the thing. It really lets you know where you're at. Yeah. You know? I take all the spots. I, I want to know where I'm at. Because you know what? If I go on after that guy, Dean, yeah. oh. and I can't do it, I want to know where I'm at. Yeah. I want to know if I have the chops or if I need to go home and go, hey, you know what, dude? You better get your shit together. Yeah. Because you know what? You're going to be bumped again and you need to do it. And I addressed it. I addressed it with the crowd, which yep. got a laugh. And I went into my set and I had a good set. And, and you know, and it was so much nerves. It's my first time at the cellar. Yeah. Now I got to get, now Chris Rock is bumping me to the next spot. He's doing 15, 20 minutes after his Netflix special comes out or whatever, not too long after. Everyone's going nuts. And, and now Paul Verzi, who's some up and comer nobody knows about, is going on after a legend. Yeah. I want to see where that feel. I want, I want that. Anybody that doesn't want that yeah. is in the wrong game, dude. I take it every time, man. I remember Burry used to come in all the time for potluck and, and some people wouldn't want to go off there and I would run over and go, oh, please put me on after him. Yeah. And, and the reason was either you eat a dick and they go, Oh, he had to go on after Burr, so yeah. Or you do good, and they go, fuck, he went on after Burr, and he rocked it. It's a fucking win-win, man. And it also and just it goes- And it teaches you how to fucking do it. And you know what else it shows, Dean? It shows your hunger, and it shows why you write down the amount of spots you do a year, and it shows that, because you're not in this to play around. Fuck I'm no. not in, I got kids, dude. Yeah. I got kids, like, I'm not in this to go, oh, well, maybe I'm okay. No. I, I believe that I'm funny and I believe I'm getting funnier, but I want to know where I'm at because if I eat my balls yeah. at the comedy cellar after yeah. a legend goes on, then you know what? I don't belong in that position. That's what and, Burr said on that clip a couple days ago. Did you see it where he goes, no. stop complaining, you know, and just get funnier. Have you ever made a person after go on after you and eat it until that happens? Just keep working hard. You know what yeah. I mean? Like fucking yeah. yeah. Stop complaining, man. No, it's, I didn't hear him. Where did he say that? On oh, it's on a clip. I'll turn it. I'll turn you on to it. Yeah, man. yeah. You know. What no, I mean? but it's true. It's just like people complaining about. Oh, I don't get this and that and this. You know. Yeah. Sometimes I'll get a late spot at the cellar. Yeah. You know what? I just been there a few months and it's a legendary club. I you want to put me on at one o'clock in the morning? I'm gonna go on and fucking tell jokes at one o'clock in the morning. I don't care. I'm at the most legendary yeah. club in the fucking world, dude. Yeah, dude. You know, and I yeah. just got in a few months ago. They don't owe me anything. Nothing. That's the thing, like these. I don't. I'm not owed shit. Yeah. I need to get better. I'm lucky. I'm there. You yeah, know. I mean, we, listen. They're lucky to have great comedians too. But it's amazing, and it's also great to have a club of that stature say, "Hey, we believe in you enough to put you up in front of one of the most packed crowds, legendary rooms." I don't give a fuck when I go on. Yeah, Listen, I don't either. Of course, it's definitely nerve-wracking, but that's, yeah. you know, you go down there and you see some legend crushing. Oh, yeah. And then you're like, hey, dude, go have fun, you know? Oh, and everybody's looking at us like, oh, here's the new guys. Let's see what they can do. I can't give names on this, but I got to just tell you this, and I'll tell you the names yeah. after, but I'll tell you, two famous comedians. Yeah. One a little more famous than the other. Yeah. Monster. Uh-huh. One walked up to the other and goes... Hey, dude, at the cellar. Yeah. Hey, dude, do you mind if do you mind if I just like time wise? You mind if I just go on, bef- like now before you like to bump him? And the other guy who was a little more famous goes, "Yeah, I do mind. That's not gonna happen." <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and then I heard it got like a little weird at the cellar, but like that that is that is something that is like I'll cherish it because my first or second year in, we would go in the crowd and watch, oh. and I remember watching, you know, Greer Barnes murder that guy and, crushes, and, and, and Greb Giraldo rest his soul, yeah. and 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 all these people uh, just go on stage, and you'd see, you know, Norton. I remember seeing Todd Barry, and you know Jeffrey. Ross was there. Who else was the other one? Uh, Louis C.K. Like all of these guys that yeah. like you see now that are giants in comedy. And I'm this guy just watching. And we were sitting there in a crowd. And now to like kind of get the okay to get in there is yeah. uh, is it's it's a special thing, dude. And it just oh. goes to show like it is it, as corny and cliche, dude. It's just like hard work, work hard at it. But like don't complain. Like anybody complaining about oh, fucking yeah. anything, dude. And and don't you want to know if you're not ready? 
Oh, man, it's so weird how people want the fast track and then they just go out there and eat a dick in front of someone and you're like, you should have done the work, man. You should have done the work. You'll be ready. You know, Sarah Silverman, the greatest thing I ever heard her say was stop complaining and be undeniable. You know what I mean? It's, it's, that it's, was amazing. It's the truth. It's, it's yeah. like, just just be undeniably funny to the point where it's almost silly for them not to have you. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, why is this guy not here? You're supposed to be there, man. If you're doing the work and everything and they pass you, they're fucking professional comedy club. They're not just giving away spots. You're supposed to be there, do the work, and and live up to it so they go, yeah, I passed that guy and he's yeah, fucking me four, crushing. Yeah, it took me 14 years, 14 and a half years to do my album. Yeah. And my album was uh, something I'm still proud of today. And then another two years after that where I did my first special. But you know what? We're very happy with it. When it's done and edited, it's going to be a nice first debut special. And I'd rather that. I'd rather get the call to the seller when I'm ready yeah. than just get the call and be like, oh, let me fucking scrounge up 12 minutes that i hope works terrible Fuck that, that's that's not what you want yeah you know it's like we're in this that, that, that's the any profession you're in whether it's music or anything you want to be in it long you want to be a flash in the yeah. pan you know i'm getting a little ballsy in there lately man i'm doing new stuff yeah. <laughs> no that's the thing when you get rolling in there yeah. it lets you throw some shit out well, there i'll yeah. switch gears you know and i'll yeah. be like oh who that was that was fucking i like that fear though i like that fear of like oh i'm rocking it right now okay let's do this oh fuck man what's, you know? what's really cool about the seller is everybody in the crowd knows that it's kind of a heavy hitter club i love it so they'll look in at who's next yeah like when you're waiting it's one of those clubs where like when you're waiting to go on yeah they're like who's this who's this and like a lot of times they've heard of you or yeah they've seen your name in the city before and they're excited to see oh what's this guy gonna do with the seller so it really is um i love the people at the seller lately too man that have been hanging out joe list mark norman uh will uh, you know Keith Robinson, yeah, it's Michelle cool. Wolf, these guys at the table, you know. Um, and I, I'm a big fan of Joe List, man. I think that guy's a, really funny. A, the guy's a monster, man. Yeah. Um, I love guys that um are way different than me, you know. And and I love mm. you know where I can watch some other styles and be like, yeah. oh, this is cool, you know. Um, but the people I've been enjoying it in there, you know, it's so fun to just sit and watch and just see the different styles and like, you know, you see people and, and the nice thing is I think a lot of people at the cellar at the top of their game. Yeah. You're seeing yeah. people like kind of in their prime. Oh, I, it, there's guys I never saw being out on the West coast, like Greer, man. I was oh. like, Whoa, who no, is dude. this guy? I'll tell you. That I'll, guy's a monster. <laughs> no, dude, I'll tell you something. I'm yeah. not, kid I'm not kidding, dude. I'm not kidding. This is about. This is going on about maybe 14, 15, maybe even 16 years ago. I'm sitting there and Greer came on at the cellar. And I mean, he blew the doors off the joint with this shit that was so incredible that I literally was like, this guy is un fucking believable he's I mean, amazing i mean greer barnes is one of the most his mind is just a beautiful thing and i love just, his his style too you know the yeah. way he delivers his cadence and everything you know it's killer like, no i love it man yeah i love it it's it's uh so, so who are your heroes man like comedy wise oh man i was hicks and you know i worshipped uh cheats and chong when i first was a kid i'm a kid you know so i mean i'm i'm not when I was a kid, I'm old. So Cheech and Chong was really mind-boggling to me because yeah. it was these guys talking about drugs and talking about, and they looked like rock and rollers, you know, and, and they were just, and then Pryor was next level to me. Pryor was definitely like my dude. And when Burr and I did Pry the room where Pryor shot the Long Beach one, it's still to this was day. Was that the one that was live in concert? Yeah, man, the one where you got the gun. I don't got the gun when they're out hunting. Oh, the red suit. The red suit. Shit. Yeah, that's how we name them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The red suit. That's yeah. Burr and I went up the same road that the limo drives up in the beginning. We walked in. The room is exactly the same. And I tell you what, man, my career could have ended there and I would have been like, I did it. You know, I mean, I Bird did it, but I'm saying, <laughs> no. I, you know, Bird Bird did it, but I'm saying, I know holy what you shit, I well, did. You reached a, you reached a pl a place uh, in your career that you right. can't believe. Yeah, right. I never 
ever think I did it when I'm out with Burr because I know the the next day maybe 30 people you know reach out Come and say out, that yeah. was great or whatever. But um, the the point is to to be doing comedy at this age and, and with the one of the biggest comics in the world. And it was great because Burr said something that Marin also taught me early on. They said. Dude, you don't want to be a satellite comic. You don't want to be an opener, you know, which is fucking super great. And I don't want to be that. I love going and headlining, but I also love to do these spots with Bird to to learn and to hang with him because he's a busy man. I don't get to see him like I used to. Yeah. And um and also uh just to be you know to learn the dynamics of somewhere i plan on being a theater you know later on that that's that's the thing yeah it's it's so and you know man me and bill have talked about it it's like yeah it's time to to move on sometimes we'll always do some shows but when you know getting that and getting that experience is so amazing um here's what i want to close with because i actually talked about you to my um stepfather on the way to playing golf this week and we were talking about motorcycles. Oh, yeah. And one of the most incredible stories that I've ever heard um, is, and uh, do you mind talking about the accident at all? Yeah, okay. yeah. So, so I, you told me a couple things that I know that you were in, a, and the first time I heard of your accident was, was through Burr, but you were in a horrible accident. Uh, it was on a Harley, right? Yep. You were on, you, I heard you were in a horrible accident, but you said two things about it that stick with me and i'll remember where we were we were at the table at the stand yeah and this is why i was t- talking to my stepfather about which it. by the know. way i want to give the stand a big shout out here because i don't want to look like you know uh the stand is definitely has been one of the greatest clubs for me uh in my whole east coast um dude i did my album there yeah. i was the first person to do a mic Right. check there and do a set there and i grew there from day one for five years until they closed and i know that they've been amazing to you and the stand is nothing i mean what they did in new york comedy history yeah to come in there in a year and a half and become the the fucking yep. you know that the, they're huge man yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i want to give them a shout out but go ahead no no the stand is awesome man uh you're absolutely right um you said something at the table at the stand that stuck with me, and you said that when you were in that accident, you're sliding across the fucking ground, and you go, and as I'm sliding there and thinking you're going to die, you were going, it's two things, but the first one was that you were like, all right, I had a good life, and you were just basically like coming to grips with the fact that you're going to die, and as you do, I had a good life, everything like that. That stuck out with me, but the craziest thing is the person who ran up to you. That's nuts. Was a was one of your was your best friend for yeah. like, I mean like and so that's the first person you saw and I that's what I told my stepfather I go and then Dean is thinking to himself is oh this is what happens when you die yeah you see like, your best so you friend you, you, you see your best friend because I'm dying I'm dead yeah. yep. and 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 luckily obviously you made it through you 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 did cross the flew across a thing and lived and then that that guy just happened to fucking be the first person to see it let me tell you man. As, as fucking weird as this story sounds, if you talk to two of my best friends, they'd go, that's a Dean story. Because it's so, my life, and th- it, without sounding like a fucking weirdo, as I, I always say that some reason there's been a map uh, uh, for my life before I've even lived it, that some reason I'm on this path. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I truly believe this in a spiritual way, if you might think that's corny. No, or I believe I believe in that. But there's I feel like my whole life was to get me to comedy. I took the long way there. Um, and stuff like this is so so like if you look around at these photos of me with rock stars, those weren't me following bands or whatever those were weird incidences like oh oh what's up you know what i mean like meeting people or being somewhere at a time where something happened or whatever and it's almost like this weird creepy forrest gump shit and this got motorcycle always big moments always big moments that were never planned or anything wow uh, you know and that goes with the motorcycle crash. It was a, it was Labor Day Monday. Uh, Marin said, "Come over, let's get some lunch." 
Uh, I was got on the motorcycle. It was the freeway was empty that day because it was Labor Day. It was a Monday, and I was going on the 110 right by Dodger Stadium. And as I entered into the first tunnel, anybody in LA knows there's three tunnels. I heard this, and as soon as I heard that, I went, "What is that?" And I looked to my left, and a giant piece of machinery ran me over. An Escalade doing 70 miles an hour mowed me over as soon as i looked side swipe just full like center punch boom from the back you know like to from across three lanes now if it wasn't labor day weekend this person wouldn't have been able to get going that fast and cut across three lanes uh, they had carjacked right. an Escalade, uh, a woman. What? Yeah, she had carjacked. It was a uh, hundred degrees that day, and a family went in to get some drinks after a football uh, practice. A dad and a son went into a Seven Eleven and left the ride going, so the AC was going, and the woman got in it, methed up, stole it, and was only in it for about three minutes. Got onto the highway crossed three lanes mowed me over hit the wall front tire fell off she spun out took the freeway out or else she would have ran me over and as i slid down the highway all i remember i was sliding full fierce like a cannon shot out of a cannon i thought no regrets completely i thought no regrets this is it i wow. right on man i did it and uh and then i stopped and I remember just hearing crash, and I was laying there, and I was, uh, I was pretty fucked up, and I stood up for a minute like, oh, shit, I'm going to get ran over. I got to get off the freeway, and I stood up from adrenaline. I had broken ribs I didn't know at the time, a dislocated shoulder, smashed ankle, and this guy ran Jesus. up, and he said, dude, are you okay? And I looked, and it was my best friend in comedy, Kevin Christie, and immediately I went, Oh, you see your friends when you're dead. This is cool. There's no way this guy would be here. What? Why would he be on the highway right now? And why is he here, you know, at this timing of this day on this fucking... So for a second, you thought you are dead. 100%. 100%. Wow. And, and I looked and I said, Kevin? And he goes, dude. And he had this fear in his eyes because he could see i was fucked up but i couldn't and he goes get, get in the car dude and uh i got in his car and he drove me to the hospital and i'll never fucking forget it and and uh, i didn't have health care because i'm a comedian and i was in the <laughs> hospital and this lady came in and they were they were like cleaning the gravel out of the wounds and i said i need some painkillers you know i was fucking dying and uh they go oh yeah no problem we just need your credit card first and i said what and they go yes can we get your id and your credit card i go i don't fucking have that shit i don't what are you talking about you know and they they wouldn't basically help me you know, because I didn't have health care. I was just sitting in there in pain. And they just wrote me a prescription and I left. And I went and got like painkillers. And then I went home and kind of showered and uh, and laid in bed for weeks. And uh, like Burr, Burr brought me a pumpkin pie. And the, <laughs> Burr bought me a bag of these. I said, well, he goes, what do you need? And I go, I need a bag of T-shirts, a bag of them, long sleeve. Uh, because I would wear these shirts and they would ooze, all my wounds would ooze and I'd throw the shirt away. They were like, the shirt was like a bandage and oh. I'd go through shirts every few hours. And um, Jesus, I did a spot the next night. I didn't want to cancel. I've never canceled. So I took these painkillers and I went to the comedy store. I had my buddy drive me there, broke ribs and shit. And I did one spot and I remember Red Bang, he, he was there with his girlfriend and she goes, man, that was the weirdest set I've ever seen Dean do. And uh, he's like, yeah, right. I think he's on something. I was on these painkillers. And I <laughs> walked off stage and I, I had to cancel my weekend at Sacramento with of Ian course. Edwards. I was like, I can't go on. And and that, you know, I lived through that. And, and I think, you know, like I said, um, it really taught me something, though, that like no regrets, you know, like get out there and do something before you die. 
You know? Yeah. Don't don't be the guy with cancer that's like, I should have fucking done this or that. And look, I'm not going to be... You got to be realistic, man. When I did that Ice Cube movie, I got a check and I paid my credit card debt off and cut the credit card and said never again. It would it trapped me. That credit card debt traps people to where they could never fucking go do after their dreams. Yeah, you know because they're in debt, man. You don't need that shit all around your house that you don't even use. The jet skis and the fucking no. the boats and the cars and the spinner rims and no. all that. You it's know? all a band aid. It's all bullshit. It's yeah. all you're trying to fill holes in your heart. Yeah. Instead of just going for what you really wanted to do in life. A hundred percent. Oh, that's perfect. Well, you know what? I think that's a perfect way to end. And I got to say, um, this is one of the best podcasts I've ever done. Oh, man. This is amazing. I love you, dude. Oh, dude. I love you too, and brother. I, I, and that's another great thing from Burr and comedy. Yeah. I've got these friends now. Um, when I was 44, dude, I was in LA. I didn't have any friends anymore because they had kids and had moved on. And I was the yeah. weirdo. Like, that guy's still trying to do it. Right. You know, hey, man, yeah. it's time to grow up, you know? Maybe yeah. get a wife and, 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 and start. And to, you're like, this is my dream, dude. Like, dude, man, if everybody was like you, there would be no Van Halen. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no Dave Chappelle. There would really? be no Burt, you know? People, yeah. you need art, man. And the art are the fucking, sometimes they don't make it. No, you know? no. But, you know, sometimes they do and they give you shit that fucking you listen to or watch on TV. I, I this is the my 366th one. I've had probably like maybe I don't know out of that 50 guests or 60 guests I usually do it alone. I'm sure pr pretty much like yours. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have a handful but this has been like the time flew by. This has been amazing. So I'm excited. Let's go get something to eat. Yeah, let's do uh, it. guys, uh plug what you got. Okay, uh, Denver Comedy Works. Next week, 16, 17, 18, I'll be headlining. And this is a last-minute fill-in. Someone canceled. So please, if you're in Denver, come see me. Um, it'll be great. Uh, Minnesota, another last minute. I'll be at House of Comedy uh, August 30th through September 2nd. And that's at House of Comedy in Minnesota and Kansas City this weekend with the great fucking Joey Diaz, which, by the way... I want to give a huge shout out to him because I didn't mention him the whole podcast and he has been one of the greatest humans to me hands down man the guy is talk about a monster comic and a monster friend I love that man beyond awesome uh that's Dean's uh stuff check Dean out all over his uh social media guys uh, super funny, great dude, and you heard how amazing the podcast as as a guest on a podcast he was. Uh, guys, I am uh, thrilled and honored to be headlining Gotham Comedy Club this weekend, uh, at, uh, August tenth and eleventh. So you could go to GothamComedyClub.com. You could see me there this weekend. Uh, it's a goal that was, it's just amazing that I'm going to be there and I hope you guys could come and see me headline in my home city. Yeah, go to the late Friday night show. That's the best one Verzi's at. He's best on Friday night and late. <laughs> So yeah. you want to see proper Verzi, you go Friday night late, <laughs> skip all the other ones. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys. So I will, uh, I will see you guys hopefully at a show soon. And until the next episode, I am out of here. Take care.